0: Welcome to Catholic Moms in the Middle, a podcast for midlife moms who want to make the next season of life their best one yet. I am your host, Jenny Gwynn. You might find yourself transitioning into a new phase of life as your children become more independent or leave the nest. Mama, I am here to tell you that your life isn't over. You simply have new opportunities ahead of you. After years of pouring your heart and soul into raising your family, it is your turn to reconnect with yourself. In this podcast, we will talk about the joys and challenges of midlife. You will be inspired to rediscover your God-given purpose or to dust off old dreams and make them a reality. You'll learn how to navigate relationships with your adult children, to reconnect in your marriage, or focus on your health by being more active or finally losing the weight you've struggled with for years, whatever this next season of life brings. This podcast will equip and encourage you to be happy, healthy, and holy. Hey, friends. Welcome back. Once again, I am so grateful that you are joining me for this podcast. I know that there are literally millions of podcasts out there. In fact, the exact number is 2.4 million. I know this because I Googled it. With that being said, I want this podcast to be unique. I want it to inspire and equip you for your life's journey. When it is over, I want you to be left with an aha moment to ponder. I want you to feel challenged to grow in some area of your life, and I want you to know the Lord on an even deeper level. But most importantly, I want you to come to know the great love and mercy that God has for you. The topic for this podcast has come from several different places in my life. I'll always know that God is speaking to me when a topic begins to intersect from different angles. Today, we're going to talk about how you measure success and worthiness in your life. Who do you look to to measure your success? Who is your role model? What kind of measuring stick do you even use? Is it what the world says you should accomplish or look like? Is it the approval of others or even self-approval based on some ideal that you have created in your mind? I'm reading a book right now called The Gap and the Gain by Dan Sullivan and Dr. Benjamin Hardy. The authors talk about how we are either in the gap or the gain of life. If you are in the gap then you will never accomplish enough. No matter what you achieve or overcome, you remain in the gap because all you focus on is how far you still have to go. You've created this ideal image in your mind and you reserve satisfaction, contentment, and happiness until you reach your ideal. We'll talk more about this image of your ideal self in a minute. If you're in the gain mindset, you focus on how far you've come. You understand that you still have more to do or more to accomplish, yet you are grateful for the things you've already achieved. You are aware of your progress and you celebrate it. You give yourself a pat on the back and a high five in the mirror. You know what you've overcome to get where you are at this exact moment. Now, you will continue moving forward, but it will be on your own terms and with your own goals and dreams. Now, imagine this. Being in the game is like being in the car and seeing the journey ahead of you through the windshield. But it's also being aware of what is in the rearview mirror because you are grateful for what you are leaving behind. You're grateful for the lessons you've learned and how they've helped you become your authentic self. So let's go back and talk about that ideal self that you have created in your mind. We all have an ideal self that we navigate towards. Here are a couple of definitions of the word ideal. Ideal. Number one, a standard of perfection, beauty, or excellence. Number two, an ultimate object, aim, of endeavor, or a goal. Often your ideal is inspired by your parents, your family, comments or actions of your friends, your culture, social media, what you see in advertising, and how you perceive what others expect of you. That could be your family, your friends, or the world. Your ideal is based on what, who, and how you think your worthiness and success should look. Here's an example that you might be able to relate to. You might have a friend who appears to have the perfect family. She gets along with her kids they call her and ask her for advice or to just simply tell, them about what, tell her about what's going on in their life. They never seem to fight or talk harshly to one another. This friend's house is always perfectly organized and decorated for each season. She and her husband seem so in love and connected with one another. Now, watching her life, you could make this your own ultimate goal, to do anything possible to make sure that your life is exactly like hers. Now, but here's the bad part. When your family disagrees, when your children don't call you as often as you think they should, when you and your husband are going in different directions or your house needs to be cleaned and organized, you could assume that your life is a failure because it doesn't match that of your friends. This is the gap mindset, because instead of being grateful for the phone call last week from your daughter where she asked you for advice, you're only focusing on how she hasn't called you this week. Instead of being grateful for a recent quiet night on the porch where you and your husband shared a glass of wine and dinner, you only focus on how you've been too busy to connect this week. Instead of being grateful for the family and friends who visited for Sunday dinner, you focus on the mess in your kitchen and you have thoughts like, my friend's life would never be like this. So then again, you conclude that you are failing, lacking, and unworthy as a mother and a wife. Does this sound familiar? Have you ever had these thoughts before? Now, can you think of a time that you've been in the gap looking at everything that hasn't happened like you thought it would. You find yourself postponing happiness and not recognizing your own worthiness until you do more, accomplish more, or get someone's approval. This gap mindset makes it difficult to be grateful for what you have and what you've accomplished. Happiness and worthiness are like carrots dangling in front of you, enticing you to do more, be more, and accomplish more. Can you relate, my friends? We've all been there at one point or another in our lives. So what you've done is create in your mind what your ideal self should look like. You have a picture of how much she should weigh, the size her body should be, the style of clothes she should wear, how she should act, what she should accomplish, and how others should love her. Now, as I read those, did an image come to mind? As I was preparing this podcast, I googled the words, ideal body for women. There were 590 million results from that search amazing, right? We are being bombarded from all directions with people having opinions on what the ideal body should be for women. So here are some of the results that I came up with. Number one, the stereotypical attractive female body shape is an hourglass figure, which includes wide hips, a narrow waist and broad shoulders. The next one, The ideal female body is 5'5", about 130 pounds, and has a 26-inch waist. Now, here's one about the ideal woman's, how her face should look. Facial symmetry has been shown to be considered attractive in women, and men have found to prefer full lips, high foreheads, a broad face, small chin, small nose, short and narrow jaws high cheekbones, clear and smooth skin, and wide set eyes. So because someone may have read that on Google, on the internet, they may have seen it on TV, they may be seeing women who look like this on Facebook, how many women have deemed themselves unattractive and have possibly spent lots and lots of money trying to attain a certain look? All right, here's another one. The ideal woman is expected to embody the role of a well-rounded woman, someone who can manage her career and family well. Society will scrutinize the way she dresses, her weight, and her beauty. My friends, that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of weight to carry around on your shoulders to be well-rounded, to be good in your career, to be good in your family while dressing well, being at a certain weight and looking beautiful. That's a lot. All right, here's the last one. this one is about an ideal wife. So an ideal wife exhibits both care and compassion. She is sensitive to the needs of her family, and she does her best to provide a solution for everyone. She understands when her husband is frustrated and tries her best to make him happy. Her caring disposition makes sure the family does not lack in any aspect of life. Again, that is a lot of pressure to put on uh, a woman who's a mom and a wife to meet the needs of everyone around her because what is happening in this situation it's impossible to meet the needs of everyone around her and her needs are not being met at all and she probably has feelings of being unworthy of being a failure of comparing herself to somebody else who looks like they have it all together Here's the truth. Even though there are 590 million hits on the internet, the truth is there is no ideal woman because all bodies are created differently. You have authentic strengths and weaknesses so that the way you interact with others is unique to you and your personality. Now, your life also includes having wounds, having suffering and struggles and trials and spiritual strongholds. Those also form how you act in certain situations. You have a God-given purpose to serve in your own unique way. Yet that image that you've created over the years of your ideal self, it creeps in and prevents you from experiencing joy freedom, happiness, and celebrating your successes. A friend and I were recently talking about how the world places pressures on women to look a certain way. I just read you some examples and she shared with me a new song that has become a YouTube sensation. I don't really know anything about the artist, but the the song is by Jax and it's called I Know Victoria's Secret. So my friend played it for me and I had to go back and listen to it a couple of times and really think about the words. The video that I watched is on YouTube, and you can find it, and it was a flash mob that was actually made outside of a Victoria's Secret store. So I want to share some of the lyrics with you to the song. I wish somebody would have told me when I was younger that all bodies aren't the same. Photoshop, itty-bitty models on magazine covers told me I was overweight. I stopped eating, what a bummer, can't have carbs in a hot girl summer. If I could go back and tell myself when I was younger, I'd say, this is the cute part, I know Victoria's secret, and girl, you wouldn't believe it. She's an old man who lives in Ohio, making money off girls like me, cashing in on body issues, I know Victoria's Secret, she was made up by a dude. And so the whole premise of the song is that the marketing for Victoria's Secret, and I have not fact-checked this, but that it's made up by a corporation. It's not actually a, a person, but it's a corporation that says women should look like a certain way so that they match their models. And then the song goes on to say... I wish somebody would have told me that thighs of thunder meant normal human thighs. So like I said, I watched the video a couple of times so that I could um, look at the words and like really think about them. I will share with you that the end of the video literally brought me to tears As the singer Jax walked over to a young girl who was probably eight or nine, and she knelt down in front of her and she sang the final lines. The lines are, she was never made for me and you. How many women over the years have created their ideal self using the image of the victorious secret angel, the models that they see prancing around on TV? How many women have beat themselves up, deemed that they were not attractive or unworthy because what they saw in the mirror didn't match what they had seen on TV or social media in magazines or in stores? And so kneeling down in front of that young girl, what an amazing lesson that she could learn so early on rather than probably like many of us through our 20s and 30s and 40s, have compared ourselves in ways that we always fall short. In this gap mindset, all we're able to focus on are flaws, weaknesses, and shortcomings. Now, this has happened to all of us at one time or another. We've based our self-worth, happiness, approval, and success on being just like someone else. Matthew Kelly, who's an author and speaker, said in his book Perfectly Yourself, kindness towards ourselves precedes all genuine and lasting growth. And lightheartedness is a sign that we trust that we are exactly where we are right now for a reason. So kind-heartedness and lightheartedness are what we need to accept where we are look at our strengths and our weaknesses, and then move forward. So here's another example. Um, You may have played with Barbies growing up, or maybe your children had them, or your grandchildren had them. Here are a few fun facts about Barbie. If Barbie were an actual woman, she would be 5'9", have a 39-inch bust, an 18-inch waist, 33-inch hips, and she would wear a size 3 shoe. Um, At 5'9", and weighing 110 pounds, which Barbie calls a full figure, Barbie would have a BMI of 16, and she would fall into the category for being anorexic. If Barbie was a real woman, she'd have to walk on all fours due to her proportions. It's interesting, right? How many young girls began playing with Barbies as early as three years old? And data also shows that the average girl will own seven Barbies in her lifetime. Now, I have no problem with Barbies. We played with them growing up. Um, My grandmother used to make us adorable clothes for our Barbies. But I do know that from being in the classroom, that young girls are so impressionable, And they quickly began comparing their bodies, their hair, their athletic ability, the clothes that they're wearing at very early ages. In fact, I can still remember the day that one of my kindergartners refused to eat her lunch because her tummy was too big and she was on a diet. Now, that broke my heart. This young girl was already at five years old, critical of her beautiful body that God had given her. This behavior, she may have been imitating what she saw at home, as her mom critiqued her own body, and the way to change her body was through starvation or denying herself certain foods. So this comparison, creating this self-image, it happens at a really early age. Now, maybe for you, it wasn't Victoria's Secret or a Barbie doll, but maybe it was a celebrity or even someone you knew. You could also have a spiritual ideal self Where you base your worthiness on imitating a saint or someone else that you've deemed as holy, and you've made them the role model in your life. Now, there's nothing wrong with role models, but their goal is to inspire and encourage and guide us on our journey. It's when we try to do everything exactly like them and be exactly like them that we get in trouble. Do you ever measure yourself against... Their traits, whether it's the saint or a holy friend, and then beat yourself up when you're not just like them, when you don't act like them, serve like them, or pray as long or the same way that they do. I love this quote from St. Catherine of Siena, be who God called you to be, and you will set the world on fire. Now, He's not calling you to starve yourself to look like a model with Victoria's Secret. God isn't calling you to place your worthiness and looking like Barbie. God is calling you to be the authentic person that He created you to be. This means that everything about you is unique and designed for a special purpose, That means your body, the shape of your body, your face, the characteristics of your face, like the size of your forehead, your chin, your nose, your strengths and weaknesses, your struggles, but also your victories are all part of being you. So how do you let go of this ideal self that you have created over the years and become the person God called you to be? Tony Robbins, who is a motivational speaker, author, and coach, says, Authentic self-discovery isn't easy. It takes courage and tenacity. To approach your essential self, or I call it your ideal self, you must turn away from distracting false beliefs that cloud or distort your self-perception. You need to reveal what drives you, not superficial things like money or power, but what really drives you, your ultimate purpose in life. Those were such powerful words from Tony Robbins. So here are three ways to embrace who you are at this moment. Remember with kindness and lightheartedness. Number one, let go of the ideal self you have created in your mind. Take a look at the person you measure yourself against. Is it even realistic or is it some unattainable ideal that you can never achieve? Now, there's always room for improvement in every area of your life. Setting goals and then taking action towards them is one of life's greatest joys. But moving forward means that you're also using the past as lessons that create the roadmap for where you want to go. So letting go of that ideal self, being open and curious to examine the person that you are. And like I said earlier, that means your strengths and your weaknesses. That means your struggles and your strongholds, allowing God to create you into the ideal person he wants you to be, that he needs you to be. Number two, let go of limiting beliefs. This is one of the main things that I help my life coaching clients with during our sessions. When I coach women, I find that they are full of beliefs that not only limit them and hold them back, but so many times they are also lies these lives have been internalized over the years as they have compared themselves to that ideal self they think they should be. They believe things like, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I don't do enough. They are filled with shame because they continuously beat themselves up for past mistakes and failures. God is a God of forgiveness, but yet women so often don't forgive themselves. They might feel guilty because according to their standards or their ideal self, they don't do enough for their family and their or in their jobs. They don't volunteer enough or pray enough. And you know what? The list goes on and on and on because you probably have one of those lists too. Identifying these limiting beliefs... And slowly letting them go brings freedom, healing, and deliverance from the strongholds and the false ideal that you have for yourself. Number three, let go of expectations. Now, you've built at least part of your identity on the expectations of others. Over the years, you have internalized what you think others expect, and then you've sought their approval by working hard to meet their needs or making them feel a certain way so that then you could be happy or content. Your ideal self is based on the happiness and approval of others. We all struggle at some point in our lives to live up to the expectations of others or those expectations that we've created in our head. It begins as babies. You look up to your parents to see how you should behave, how they react, how they respond to the world. You look at how they um, view others And how they view your strengths and weaknesses, maybe how they criticize you or the things that they point out. At school, you must follow the rules of the teacher. Then there are those unwritten expectations on the playground as you navigate friend groups in order to be included. As an adult in the workplace, you have expectations placed on you for how much you should do or sell or accomplish. Now, here's what's important. Expectations can go both ways, too. You develop your own expectations of those around you, how they should be, how they should behave, what they should say to you, how they should react. You create expectations of what others need to do towards you so that you can feel a certain way. We give away our power when we need other people to act in a certain way so that we can feel better about ourselves or feel content or approved. Expectations aren't bad in and of themselves, and they are a natural part of life. We have to have expectations for one another. We just have to make sure they're healthy expectations. The problem arises when you allow expectations of others and the ones that you have set for others to be the foundation for your ideal self. You find that your ideal self will be further and further away because you lose focus on what is realistic and what can never be attained. So as we close, I want to share some verses from the Bible that you can use to help create your ideal self. It is God who created you to be authentically you. Each person in the world is created in his image and likeness. Yet each person has a unique set of gifts and talents that are needed in the world. Each person carries their own light within, and God created you to go out and shine your light in the world. Psalm 139, for you formed me, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am wonderfully made. God made you wonderful. Jeremiah 29. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. God already knows the plans for your life. He, when you were created, when you were born, He had plans for your life. And those plans weren't part of the world. It wasn't to look a certain way or to accomplish certain things, but his plans are good, holy plans that will help you get to heaven and help you lead others to heaven. And finally, Matthew 5, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. My friend, the world needs your light. God created you to shine in a unique way in the world. Let go of that worldly ideal that you have created. Let go of those false expectations and allow your life to be transformed by God. Let God show you the person he created you to be. Allow him to love you, to heal you, and to help you grow in grace. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we thank you for the blessings that we have in our lives, the blessings that are seen and unseen. And Lord, we just place ourselves in your hands, and we ask that you open our hearts and minds to become that person that you want us to be, that person that you need us to be in the world. Help us to shine our lights and to be the light in the darkness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All right, friends, stay happy, healthy, and holy, and I will see you next time. God bless. For more information on Catholic Moms in the Middle, or to set up your complimentary Moms in the Middle mentoring session, go to catholicmomsinthemiddle.com. Or find me on Facebook at Catholic Moms in the Middle for even more encouragement and support as you embrace this next season of life. The music for this podcast was written by Sean Williams, Catholic composer and musician. You'll find more of Sean's original music at musicbyseanwilliams.com. That is musicbysean, S-H-A-W-N, williams.com.